Well, good morning. My name's Andrew B. Uh, if you don't recognize me because I'm wearing a suit and a tie, I use the excuse that somebody rose from the dead. Yeah, don't do that because then I'll feel like I have to do it more often. Well, hey, we're glad that you are here. If you're joining us via the live stream, we're glad you're joining us that way. Uh, I, I can't believe that we're a year from when this all started to feel like it was serious. Like the first couple of weeks, it, it was like, okay, this is going to go away pretty soon, right? But by Easter last year, we started to think, um, maybe not, and so in preparation for Easter last year, uh, Aaron and I uh, were going to do this video invitation. We were live streaming only. There was no thought of gathering in person. Actually, there was thought of that. And then we just said, okay, to, to just do what we can to try to end this thing as quickly as possible, let's, let's be online. So Aaron and I, uh, we started to record this video. Oh, and my clicker's not going to work, of course. Love technology, or I hate technology. One second, we're going to try even different or technology. We'll see if this works any better. Unless Jean's hands are on the keyboard, they're not. I gave her a, I gave her a note, said take your hands off the keyboard, Jean. I should have left her hands on the keyboard. All right, we'll see if, uh, if we come online. You can advance to the next slide here. Thanks, Gene. Oh, maybe I got it. Let's see. I don't know if that was you or me, so we'll see. Hey, so we're sitting in our dining room, and uh, we're recording a video, and it took a while. This was the first video that Aaron and I had done together, and, you know, we thought, let's not, let's not script this out. Let's uh, have it be natural and just, you know, kind of off-the-cuff, kind of conversational. Don't do that. Write it out. <laughs> Write it out. Um, it took us like four hours. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a lot of emotion building over that time. I think we did like 37 or 83 takes. I'm not sure. Uh, but it was a lot of takes. Uh, we laughed. That was good. We laughed even harder. Uh, we, we took outtakes of these videos and we shared them out with our kids and uh, they laughed too. Uh, we got close to crying. I don't think we actually cried, but uh, we came close. Uh, but finally, we got what we got, and uh, we sent it out and invited people to... <laughs> yeah, that's how it felt. We invited people to a live-streamed Easter service last year. Man, a, a lot's happened in a year. If, if you were going to write a story of kind of what's happened, you know, I've abandoned technology, so we're going old school. If you were going to write a story of what's happened this year, this past year, what, what would that be like? What, what kind of story would you write? And, and as I think about it, like, we could start a number of different ways... But I eventually go, no, that's not it. And, uh, you know, you could, you could start fresh a couple of times and, you know, feel like, okay, now I'm kind of capturing the emotions of this last year, the process of this last year, all that I was feeling from this last year. But probably, no, that's not going to do it either. And then to think about how do you start 
Again, how, how do you get a new beginning as we kind of emerge, as we come to this place where there's a sense that what we remember before pandemic that seemed like it was dead might be coming back to life? So, so then, then what do you do? Well, we, we have to think about this year, and a picture is worth a thousand words. And so let me just briefly do a year in review. We started a live stream uh, a little over a year ago. Okay, in those early days, it, um, it was a little rough. We had to figure it out. We had to work through that technology. Uh, we've, we've kind of struggled to communicate with one another. You know, you good? That can mean a lot of things. And so we've had to kind of figure out how do we communicate with each other? How do we care for each other amid a pandemic? You know, there was always times where I kind of go, if we could just escape, if we could just get out of here, you know, get on a boat and sail across the sea, but oh, then you realize it's just a cake and you're still sitting in your house. Yeah, take another look, you'll see it. And so then we began to cope in a, a variety of ways, you know, and, and some days it was like this for me, just uh, hunker down on the couch at home, I was glad I was working from home, we had uh, some people say, hey, uh, why don't you stream the 11 o'clock, because that would kind of fit in better with how I'm feeling and kind of how I want to go through the day, and then many of you realized, hey, if I miss the 9.30, I can actually go back and play it anytime I want. That was convenient for you. Uh, there were some times that I felt like this is how I was handling the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't all bad. It gave us some uh, new jokes. Yeah, those were pretty bad too. There were some glimmers of creativity. I had a friend send me this picture of, of his Thanksgiving pie as I was baking mine. He won. Christmas, we were kind of back in the building. We froze outside on Christmas Eve. Um, But even though we were kind of back, it seemed a little bit different, right? We thought, "Uh uh-oh. And then winter really hit. And that was weird, too. So we did what we could to make the best of it, but even winter gave us a new description for the year. Indeed. And it just kept going and going. So maybe it's not writing about this last year. Maybe you wrote a song and it you know, kind of felt something like that. And we all just tried to make the best of it, right? We just took what we were given... And we tried to do what we could to get through it. So how would you start a new chapter? How do you start a new beginning? How do you face this year and kind of afresh, with a fresh piece of paper, start to think through how we begin again? And I think today is such a great day to think about new beginnings, isn't it? To come to this day where we remember that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That ultimate of new beginnings, here we are. And so 
We look forward. We load a blank sheet of paper. And the question that I'd encourage you to ask is, is where do you start? Where, where do you start this morning? And, and we've been reading as a church body uh, the letters of the New Testament. And so many times in those letters, the authors of those letters are writing to a people to say, hey, here's how you could start anew. Here's how you experience a new beginning. We were uh, just recently in 1 Corinthians, now we're in 2 Corinthians, and, and 1 Corinthians, uh, the, the author of that letter, the Apostle Paul, he's writing to kind of correct a lot of chaos and confusion that's going on in the church at Corinth. Man, I read through that book and I go, I can relate to this. Wow, we look at our culture, we look at our church, we look at the chaos and confusion around us, and we may have been feeling like the Apostle Paul, can you just get it together? And then we get into 2 Corinthians, and that's probably really 3rd or 4th Corinthians, but it's the the second one that we actually have. Paul wrote other letters to this church in Corinth. And the letter of 2 Corinthians is a little bit different than 1 Corinthians. There's a, a little different tone in there, and it's as if they have started afresh, as they've experienced a new beginning. Not perfect, but they're growing in consistency. They're growing in the reality of what Christ has done. They're, they're growing in their understanding of that, in their practice, in their internalization of those truths. They're growing. And, and, and we come to chapter 5, which uh, is, is a great chapter. It has one of those well-known coffee cup verses, and we'll look at that today. We're going to be in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 to 6. Two, uh, the chapter markers are not inspired. Those aren't given to us by God. Those were put in by men so that it's easier to find your place. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If uh, you want to follow along digitally, uh, we finally, after like a year, got smart and said, hey, you know what? We go into restaurants now and they go, hey, our menu, just scan this with your camera, okay? You'll get our menu. So you can just scan the QR code that's on the back of the pew in front of you and uh, you'll be able to follow along in our digital bulletin. It'll give you a link to the scripture and it'll just pull up the scripture for you if you can get there. So here's uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 16 to chapter 6, verse 2. Let me just read it for us this morning. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him then, 
we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain, for he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, I just want to walk through this text together. So, if you just jump back with me to uh, verse 16, he, he begins this way, from now on. Okay, that, that's a marker of here's a new beginning, here's a new opportunity. There's been some things that have been behind us, but from now on, from this point forward, this is a good place to start for us too. Today, of all days, the day that we remember that Jesus is alive. Now, I hope we remember that every day. But we celebrate that today. We call to mind that Jesus is alive and that we can experience new life in and through Christ. This is a good place to start. As we emerge from a pandemic, this is a really good time to evaluate. Where do I start? Well, right here, from now on, from this day forward, would you begin to see things differently? You see, a new beginning starts with a different perspective. Paul says, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. This is an interesting statement. Would you just let the person next to you know that you can see them? They are flesh and blood. Would you just turn to them and say, hey, I see you. Okay, we're, we're all flesh and blood. Okay, I can see you too. And I bet you can see me. But there's something more going on here. There's something more going on in this room. It's not simply that we're flesh and blood. And Paul says, hey, would you change your perspective? Because there's more to life than what we can see or taste or feel. There's more to life than we can smell or hear. There's more going on. Would you change your perspective? Would you take a different perspective? He says, let me just kind of tie this to Jesus because we regarded Jesus in the flesh, but we don't regard him that way any longer. This is a mind-bending reality. Jesus Christ is God. Okay, the scriptures declare that he is the exact imprint of the nature of God. It's not just a photocopy. He is God. And yet, the Bible also declares that he took on flesh and came to earth and dwelt among us. Now, this is a really hard thing to get our minds around. How could the God of the universe become man? And how could flesh and blood contain the God of the universe? This is mind-boggling, and yet, it's true. Now, this was mind-boggling in Paul's day, too. Sometimes I think we forget that Paul was around. He was on the scene when Jesus was here on earth. He wasn't following Christ at that point. That came after his death and resurrection. But he was around. He was seeing things. And he could say, I regarded Jesus in the flesh, according to the flesh. I saw him teach. 
I heard him preach. I, I, I followed him around. I could see where he was going. If I wanted to, I could have touched him. I probably could have gotten close enough to smell him. I heard him with my own ears. Paul regarded Jesus according to the flesh. But he says, I don't do that anymore. Why? Because Paul had an experience with Jesus. An experience with Jesus that superseded every characteristic or qualification that we would really regard as fleshly. There was something more going on. There was this whole spiritual reality. Now that shouldn't surprise us that there's more than meets the eye going on. Even now, you're thinking thoughts that no one else would know except you tell them. You're feeling feelings right now that no one else might know unless you tell them. There's more going on than meets the eye. And that is true in the spiritual realm. There is a spiritual realm that is active all around us right now. That we can't necessarily see or touch or taste or hear or smell. We, we can't regard it according to the flesh, but it's real. And Paul experienced Jesus this way. Because Jesus died, it's very possible Paul was there. He was not a fan of Jesus. He was a, a violent opponent of Jesus and his followers. It's very possible that Paul was in the crowd as Jesus was hung on the cross, thinking to himself, feeling to himself, yes, we got him. How dare this mere man claim to be God? And then the third day came. The third day came and there began to be this rumor. There began to be this story that was growing and growing and growing that Jesus was alive. That he had walked out of the grave that he had been seen by his closest followers, but not just by them, by many, many people over the next 40 days. There were accounts from all over the place. Hey, I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus. And I bet Paul started to think, what? How could this be that a man who I saw crucified and buried is alive? That story began to change people. People who had doubted all of a sudden became steadfast believers because of the resurrection. People who had floundered, people who had even denied him, were radically transformed. That's the power of new life. That's the power of a new beginning in Christ. Then there were stories that Jesus had actually ascended into heaven, that he had just kind of floated into the clouds and he had left instructions to his followers to go and make disciples everywhere. And they actually started doing that. Sometimes I think we fool ourselves into believing that that was an easy thing for them to do. But, but they left everything. To obey Jesus Christ. There was a radical change in them. They were seeing life completely differently. They had this new perspective, a different perspective, that it wasn't just about flesh and blood, that there was so much more going on. And then Paul, on his way to Damascus to violently oppose the church, 
encountered the risen Jesus. You can read his story in the book of Acts in chapter 9. I'd encourage you to do that. But he's on the road. He's riding on a donkey. This horse, uh, this uh, light comes out of heaven and just knocks him off. He's blinded and he hears the voice of Jesus. He knows this voice. And he knows that it's not just a mere man's voice, but it is the voice of God. And he responds. Totally changes Paul's perspective. His name is changed. His life is changed. His purpose is changed. His mission is changed. His attitude is changed. There's a completely different perspective. Because Paul has accorded or or regarded Jesus not according to the flesh, but according to something far more profound according to what he has now experienced in Christ. And he's different. He goes on to say, hey, if if anybody's experienced Jesus that way, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if they've experienced Jesus that way, they're a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Well, that we would really wrestle with that reality. Paul's life was totally different. In fact, the followers of Jesus, those that really experienced Jesus, their lives were forever changed. They were forever altered. They had a new perspective and they began to live it out. You feel like you have that kind of newness in you? You feel like you have that perspective where you can actually acknowledge, hey, there's more to life than what meets the eye. There's a lot going on, even in this room right now. God is on the move. And when we experience Jesus Christ to be God, to be more than just the flesh, it changes us. He goes on to say, All this is from God. This is a gracious gift of God that he's given all these things. Well, you go, wait a second, he's only mentioned one thing. Well, I'd encourage you to read the first five chapters of 2 Corinthians. In fact, I'd just encourage you, if you'd be willing, if you'd be interested, you can just join us on our reading plan. You can find that on our website under resources. You can click on that, download it, print it out. Uh, You can get connected to it through our Faith Life app. But I just encourage you, join us in our reading plan because we're reading these letters for a reason. We're reading these letters to experience Jesus in his word and to hear the stories and the testimonies of those people who were changed by Jesus so radically. And to go, what is their perspective What does this look like in their lives? Because a new beginning starts with a different perspective, but it it also starts with this passionate relationship. All this is from God. All of what? Well, this newness of life for sure. But, But this question of where does your life come from, this new life, what does that mean? I don't think we often give much thought to that. We don't ask ourselves the question of where does life come from because when we do, that pulls in all kinds of other ideas. An idea of where do we get comfort and strength in time of trouble, in time of hardship? What has fueled your life through a pandemic? 
We, we get thoughts of uh, w- what brings relief and freedom from guilt and shame that I feel. No matter how good I am, this still kind of plagues me. What, what delivers you from that? What sets you free from that? What gives you hope? When it seems like everything around us is decaying, it's falling apart, what fuels that hope in you? Well, that's, that's what Paul's talked about in the first five chapters of 2 Corinthians. He said, you know what? God gives you comfort and strength in your troubles, in your suffering, in your pain. And he's redeeming that. He's using that in your lives in really good ways. And God has forgiven you. He has freed you from living in this sense of sin, in this sense of guilt, in this sense of shame. He's delivered you from that in Christ. In fact, so much so that you can forgive others. And he's given you a hope, even though your body's wasting away and this world is falling apart. That's what's from God. These gracious gifts from God. And it comes through a relationship with him. He goes on to say, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. God wants relationship with you. He wants a deep and intimate relationship with you. He wants a relationship with you that you delight in. He wants a relationship with you that you feel deeply, that you depend on regularly, that you rejoice in all the time. And he went to every length to provide this relationship to you, with you. We experience all of these things, comfort, strength, freedom from guilt and shame, hope, no matter what. This newness of life that just flows in our being, we experience that as we experience relationship with God. Do you have that kind of relationship with God? This morning, do you, do you, do you feel like you have this connection with God that's, that's really special? You know, it's, it's more than just kind of a, uh, yeah, I'm with him. It, it's more than, you know, trying to take the selfie with God in the frame somehow. It's this intimate, passionate relationship. There's good reason why God describes this relationship as marriage. This deep intimacy where both are known. This deep intimacy where there is this intimate, unique connection that brings joy and delight, this passion. Now, unfortunately, not every marriage is perfect. And so this is a picture that's flawed for us, but God desires this perfect relationship with you. I think this is one of the ways that Paul says, here's how you know where life comes from. Here's how you know where you're drawing your life. Do you feel that kind of connection with God? Do you depend on Him every moment? Do you enjoy conversation with Him, talking with Him, listening to Him? And do do you walk with Him? Or is He just kind of an add-on to your life? All this is from God This comfort, this strength, this freedom, this hope, all of this is from God in the newness of life through relationship with Him. 
Do you have that kind of relationship with him? I think Paul gives us uh, another indicator here. He says, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Paul is a fanatic. From the moment he was knocked off his horse or donkey, it depends on how you want to read the story, from that moment on, his life was different and he could not help himself but to tell people about this relationship he has with God. And isn't that how it should be? Like, if we have a deep and passionate relationship with the God of the universe, wouldn't you want to tell somebody? Think about it. If you had the answer to uh, a global pandemic, you know, if you had the secret of life itself, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to share that? And maybe we go, well, no, not really. I'd like to keep that to myself. No, I think we'd share that in a heartbeat. Paul says, hey, you will know, you will know that you have this kind of life. If you have this passionate relationship that you just get so excited about, so confident in, that you can't help but tell everyone about it. That's what we see in Paul. In fact, that's what we see in so many of the followers of Jesus. Their lives are changed so much so that they just can't help themselves. You know, the first time that you walk into a room with a special friend and you're like, hey, everybody, I'd like you to meet, you know. Hey, everybody, I'd like you to meet God, my friend. Now, now maybe you do that once or, once or twice, and, and then maybe you start to feel like everybody knows who God is, right? But imagine if you were always walking into the room with the God of the universe beside you, wouldn't you always go, hey, look, It's God. He's in the room with me. Isn't that amazing? That's what Paul does all the time. He just starts telling people about this relationship he has with God through Jesus Christ. I wonder, is that the kind of relationship that you experience with God? Where it's just so deep and in you, you just depend on it. It's just life-giving. It really is. You just find such delight and joy and life in this relationship. And then you just can't help yourself but to tell everybody about it. Paul says that's, that's how you know. That's how you know if you have this new life through Christ. You have a different perspective. You begin to see everything through spiritual eyes and you have this passionate relationship with the God of the universe. He goes on to flesh this out. He says, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. See how often he pairs these two ideas? He reconciles us to himself. That, that, that's a huge thing. Because God is holy. He is absolutely perfect. And being holy, he cannot have sin in his presence. So therefore, to have relationship with us, he had to find a way, he had to make a way that he could declare us justified, that he could declare us not guilty, that he could declare us righteous in his presence. You know how he did that? 
He says, therefore, we're ambassadors for Christ because it's through Christ that he did this. This is why we talk about Jesus all the time. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. Well, how? For our sake, he made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin. Him who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. This, this is such an incredible concept. God, who was holy, who could not have relationship with us because we are sinful. None of us have measured up to God's standard. None of us is righteous. No matter how good you are, we've all fallen short. And so God made a way, the only way, that could bring reconciliation between a holy God and a sinful people. He became sin for us. Jesus Christ took on flesh so that he could stand in your place. Jesus Christ hung on the cross because that was the penalty of sin, death, so that you wouldn't have to pay that penalty. And then he just invites you, hey, would you believe in that? Would you accept that? And you go, well, wait a second, if he just stayed on the cross, that might not be good enough. But guess what? He didn't. He's alive. He's alive and he stands before the throne of God on your behalf to say, I took the penalty, I paid the price. And when we acknowledge that, when we put our faith and trust and hope in Jesus Christ, in what he has done for us, in his life and death and resurrection, what we get in return is righteousness. So that when we walk into God's presence, God is like, hey, my friend, my child, come on in. And we have this relationship that provides comfort and strength and freedom and hope that changes our life. A new beginning starts with a different perspective. A new beginning starts with a passionate relationship. But this morning, a new beginning starts with a humble response. Can you, can you respond to this message? If you're here today and you go, I, I don't know this kind of relationship with God, then we would love to talk with you more. If you're here today and you say, I I would love to experience that, I just don't know how, then we'd love to talk with you and pray with you. In fact, we have a team of people that's wearing Let's Pray name tags. After the service, they're going to be out in the back. You can find one of them, or you can talk to anyone who's been on the stage. Anyone this morning that's been up here on the stage is willing to talk with you about coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Would you not leave this room today not knowing that you have that kind of relationship with God? But it takes a humble response. See, see we, we like to think that we can measure up. We, we like to think that we can do it on our own. And it takes laying that down humbly to say, I can't. And I need the work of Christ in my life to have this relationship with God. The other indicator may actually be harder to accept. 
for some of us because many of us have been in the church for a long, long time and, and, and we've read the Bible, we've studied the Bible, we know the Bible, we've attended on a regular basis, we've given, we've done really good things. But maybe we haven't told anybody about Jesus. Maybe this relationship that we have with God isn't the kind of relationship that we just love to talk about. And I just lovingly press on you. I've been convicted by this text this week. To go, if I truly have a relationship with the God of the universe, wouldn't I just love to talk about that all the time? And so I just just challenge you, would you think about that? I think we often put so many things as indicators of our spiritual life. And we tend to leave that one out. Well, I I don't really need to tell people about Jesus. That's what the Apostle Paul did. That's what missionaries do. That's what pastors do. But I just contend, based on this text that we're looking at this morning, that's what people changed by Christ do. That's what people who have a passionate relationship with the God of the universe do. They can't help themselves. They go, let me tell you about my good friend, God. And... And Paul points that out. He says, working together with him. This is another thing we tend to do. We tend to go, hey, hey, God, would you come work for me? Uh, w- w- would you come, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy this relationship with you, but, but really, would you, would you come and help me out? And, and that's not the arrangement of this relationship. We actually go to work with him. We actually join him in what he's doing. We don't just add them into our lives. He says, working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. He's saying, hey, don't cheapen the grace of God. He's poured out all of this good stuff to you. His comfort and strength, his freedom, his hope has been poured out to you. The newness of life has been poured out to you, but with a purpose. And then he quotes Isaiah 49.8. In a favorable time, I listened to you, and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. It's an interesting quote. He ends uh, that section, that whole long section of Isaiah 49. He ends it this way, Then all flesh shall know that I am the Lord your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. God says, hey, call to me and I'll give you help, but you have to understand it's about my glory, not about yours. It's about you joining me because I'm the giver of life. It's not about me joining you. And so have you entered into that kind of relationship with God? That too takes a humble response to say, I'm not in charge of my life. God, I'll go where you send me. I'll say what you ask me to say. I'll tell people about this relationship that I have with you because it's so exciting to me. I'll work with you. I'll submit to you. That's a humble response. As the worship team comes, let me just close with the words that Paul uses to close. He says, behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We could say it this way, today is the day. 
Today's the day for a new beginning. And a new beginning starts with a new perspective. Will you take on that new perspective today to say, wow, everything around me has a spiritual component. There's two realities of everyone in this room, the flesh and the spirit. What are you going to see? There's two realities in this world, the flesh and the spirit. What are you going to see and what are you going to live for? A new beginning begins with this passionate relationship. Do you have that today? Is it deep and intimate with God? The kind of relationship that just fuels everything about your life. And do you tell people about it? In word, in deed, in testimony, in living it out. It takes a humble response today. Again, we'd love to pray with you, talk with you, help you think that through. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you have given us an opportunity for new beginnings in Christ. That you have reconciled us to yourself through Christ. Father, I pray that we would see things differently from now on. That we'd have a different perspective. Father, I pray that from now on, we would experience relationship with you in passionate ways. That just fuel our declaration, our proclamation, our praise of who you are. Father, I pray that today we would humbly respond to your invitation. Father, I just ask that, again, no one would leave this room without knowing that this relationship is true for them. Thank you. In Christ's name, amen.